Hello again, and welcome to Furloughed, Defining Moments Worth Talking About. I'm your host, Leonard Cochran, and I'm excited to have you here. A lot has transpired since you last heard from us, and so I'm going to go ahead and take a moment to kind of set up today before we dive right in. Uh, so what we want to do today is just kind of take a moment. Steve and I had been talking about it anyhow. Uh, take it a moment to allow you to get to know us just a little bit better. We've had a number of guests, and so it's just going to be Steve and I. And over the course of the last week, we got some news in, didn't we, Steve? <laughs> and so uh, we have been on furlough. We're pushing somewhere around 80 days or so of our furlough. And we did finally hear back from our company about what happens next. And Steve, you and I both got different news. So let me go ahead and bounce to you. And uh, if you would just kind of share your news and your initial thoughts about that. Sure, sure. Well, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm kind of um, not really a religious person, but uh, I had this uh, biblical verse going through my brain after the um, news hit. And it was, um, I, 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 I don't remember it well enough to like accurately word for word <laughs> say other than the, the, the gist of it. But um, uh-huh. I, I looked it up this morning and uh, I, I see that this is in actually Luke seventeen thirty four, And it says, I tell you on that night, two people will be in one bed and one will be taken and they're left. And then on 35. As two women will be grinding grain together, one will be taken and the other left. <laughs> so, uh. and and I, I, of course, that's talking about the rapture. So I'm not sure which one of us is the raptured and the raptee or however that works. But um, yeah, uh, definitely an interesting experience earlier uh, this week. And, and Leonard, you were part of the whole experience at um, I had been doing some contract work early, early that morning. So I had been up really since about two in the morning doing that contract work. And um, uh, I got I got a text, I believe, from you. And it was it seemed excited, like I could hear the excitement in your voice uh, through the text saying, have you checked your email? <laughs> so, you know, uh, we I, I think you may have called me or I called you or, or something along those lines. And um and you said, yeah, check, check your email. And I said, well, the one from the CEO. And you said, no, 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 not that one. The one from HR. And, uh, and I, I, re- I didn't say it with that much excitement. <laughs> <laughs> there was news anyway. Surprise. <laughs> and yes. and, and I, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, it says that I've been eliminated. And I think you were surprised by that. Um, I feel like like you expected that we probably ha- would have had the same news um, yes. because yours was extending you out another 90 days or till October anyways. Yeah, another uh, 90 days. Yeah, so for our, our audience, just a reminder, <laughs> you and I are in the travel industry, in the hospitality industry, and needless to say, it's been really hit hard during this whole pandemic and what's going on and so the just for the folks listening you may have seen something on the news about a hotel company and uh the gist of it is we are uh we (laughs) like it's my decision but anyways (laughs) uh, our company i should say is uh letting uh somewhere around 22 percent of the employees go for the corporate employees and so, uh, in fact, I was thinking the email, I'd have to go back and review it from the CEO, said one-third of our workforce. Uh, but anyhow, it's 22%, which is still <laughs> still significant. significant. <laughs> and uh, so, Steve, you and I fell on opposite sides of that news, unfortunately. And so, um, what, what, did, what were your, I mean, tragically, I was there because uh, you were <laughs> tied up on a call. And so, I, I, I didn't have... I really would not have called you without knowing you didn't have a chance to process. And so once you and I talked and you went away and had some chance to process, tell, tell me a little bit about how you how you felt to get the news, if you would. Well, you know, it's really interesting, and especially from the perspective that um, I, I've gotten some other emails that I would expect you haven't gotten 
uh, from leaders uh, essentially apologizing that the news had to be delivered in the way it was, mm, apologizing yep. that there wasn't an in-person res- in-person response. That it was like, mm. here's your email, and <laughs> and and even the email didn't even say. I mean, obviously it went to my email address, but it didn't even have my name on it. It just said, mm-hmm. if you are getting this email, it is because your position has been eliminated. And so mm-hmm. definitely there was this lack of, of, of a personal touch with it. And that's not a critique. That, that's just the reality of it. And it's the reality of the way they had to do it. When you get rid of 22% of your workforce and you have to get rid of 22% of your workforce, there isn't a nice you know, bring you into the office, make sure that you're comfortable, have the tissues prepared, you know, the the regular HR type response for something like this doesn't exist. And it's interesting because there was a lot of uh, feedback that I got uh, from leaders, you know, higher up saying, you know, I really wish there had been a better way we could have done this. And what's interesting is that in, in many ways, I feel very lucky that I didn't have to get the news alone. And that I didn't have to get the news from the person who made the decision, you know, (laughs) like having been on the other side, on the HR side of things where, um, of course, the decision to terminate was always made a level above mine. But often I was there, especially because I translated um, being the being the Spanish speaker on side. I translated the news Mm. of what was happening. And you've um, you've been the messenger before then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. And sometimes even I'd be the one that would just give the person the call, um, especially if it was mm-hmm. one of like a, a termination based off of some sort of cause. And there had been an investigation and I was calling to let them know, know the final determination. And, you know, I, it, it when when the person who feels like they had something to do with making the decision is giving the news, there's almost this. I have to smile at the predator <laughs> yeah. type of feeling. And um, and it was actually worked very well that I got the news. I got the news with someone that I could be honest with and be like, man, this sucks. Didn't feel like, well, Leonard took my job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so I think that really kind of helped blunt it a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, I still had a full day of contract work to do. And I will say that was not my best day of work. Um, I, I certainly tried to keep my mind <laughs> focused, but it kept going right. off. Like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do with my life? And uh, luckily also, we've we've also, through these podcasts, we've talked about a lot of the emotional things that are natural. So I feel like I, I, I was as best prepared as you could possibly be Sure. for something uh, like this. I think probably the biggest disappointment for me is just the thought that, you know, and, and people who who have seen our team or seen how we work realize that it was unique. I've yes. never worked on a team that there was no hierarchy. <laughs> I mean, there certainly mm-hmm. was a boss, but um, there was there was no like, social order and these are the people we like and these are the people we make fun of and these no none of that none of that existed at all um it was always professional it was always friendly it was a group of friends working together and thing that's that's what makes me the most sad is that um i think i think i'll find something i don't think i'll be unemployed forever in fact i'm doing quite a bit of contract work right now and it's keeping me rather busy so um, I'm not as worried about how to pay the bills. And in, and in some ways, Leonard, I, I feel I have a more enviable position because you're going to be waiting another 90 days. And I, I think for many people, that's going to be very uncertain because I don't know how it is in, in every other state, but I, I, I know that in Utah, if you were taking the full benefit um, of your unemployment, it probably runs out about the point that the first 90 days is over. And now looking at how do I go another 90 days this time without income? And what do I do? Do I aggressively go out looking for a job 
And I don't think there's any assurance that 90 days will be it or that this was the final cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that is a hard pill to swallow. And, and, and just, just, uh, as a reference scope and scale, uh, yeah, I can understand not getting the personal contact you mentioned just to backtrack to that for just a moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2,100 handwritten notes would probably take somebody quite a while to do and, uh, or, or making <laughs> that many phone calls at the beginning of the furlough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the robo dial of phone calls for 2,100 people would take some time as well. But uh, no, to, to, to your point, yeah, what, what happens next on my end um, is, yeah, that, the weight of that kind of settled in a little bit a couple, two, three days after finding out and is still kind of there. And, you know, immediate reaction for me is just as you pointed out, um, uh, to my knowledge, July 31st is when that federal stimulus funding ends, which means, you know, <laughs> Mississippi, or excuse me, Tennessee is not one of the highest paying unemployment uh, states in the union. And so that, that will be a dramatic cut in the income that I have. And so uh, fortunately, I'm in a position where, number one, my wife can work. She's been a stay-at-home mom, and so she can certainly go find work, assuming she can find it. But there's there's been a lot of signs posted in the neighborhood, you know, grocery, retail, uh, Lowe's, you know, those kind of positions mm -hmm. are readily available. At least the postings are out there. And I, I would assume it's pretty competitive, but they're out there. Uh, mm -hmm. And then two, of course, as you're doing, I have the possibility I could pick up contract work or part-time work as well. And so, yeah, the whole game is at what point do you jump in and do that knowing, and it's not just our company that's uh, has these extensions. There's been others mm -hmm. in the travel industry that have their extensions as well. So there is this little bit of a feeling of competition of, gee, I guess I need to move now <laughs> to beat the other guy <laughs> to the applications, you know, because the, the number of available applicants is just going to continue to increase, it looks like, despite the openings that are occurring. And so it's, it's kind of a, a mishmash that, yeah, there could be some opportunities. Uh, but then, of course, for our listeners' sake, and you're aware of it, but for our listeners' sake, should I take any full-time employment, then that would mean voluntary termination on my part. And uh, love the company that I work for, and that's not a move that I'm ready to make at this point. But obviously, come another 90 days, God only knows what would be running through my mind. So Yeah. And, yeah. and two, and, and just the last thought, too, regarding my own situation was – as I looked at it, you know, you think, oh, you know, good, 90 days, got a job. Like you say, there there could possibly still be some uncertainty then. But then I begin to sort of replay the past 90. So right now we're, we're pushing the end. We've just got a couple weeks and we will be at the end of that first 90-day furlough. And then I realized, well, I was confident for month number one, pretty easy, Month number two, it became sort of, okay, this is what it is, and it's uncomfortable. Month number three, which we're now <laughs> finishing, has been bittersweet yeah. because you knew the end of the 90 days was coming, yet you also were anticipating news of what was going to happen, knowing that yeah. Nia Travel just has not come back. And so there was a real tension there. So now if I project forward, my first... 30 days is probably not going to be as exciting as my last 30 days was. I mean, the, the original set of first 30. Uh, so that 30, and then of course the stimulus running out. And so there, there's a little more tension going into the second go round than there was the first round. I would imagine, so. I would imagine. And <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things that as, as I think about it, there's just, you know, and I guess my question to you, because, you know, you are definitely the the religious one here, looking at those scriptures, mm -hmm. the question is, which position do you want to be in? <laughs> am, I, am I the, because those are talking about the rapture, right? And um, yeah. so, so uh, was I 
the raptor or the raptee. <laughs> <laughs> now it sounds like we've shifted to Jurassic Park. Uh, but, but is it better to stay or is it better to, to go? You know, was I lifted up and away yeah. from this misery of having to wait and wait and wait? Or um, <laughs> or was yeah. I... Or was I cut out? And you are the one that is that is uh, getting to return to this glorious uh, reunion <laughs> back at work in, in ninety days. You know, yeah. it's, it's... that's a great question, and and of course, only time will tell. I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, throw another scripture at you. You might be familiar with as well. The scriptures do say that it does rain on the just as well as the unjust, and so. You know, it, it, uh, it, there's no so guarantees, I guess. <laughs> it's just raining. That That's a good way of looking at it. You know, right there now is just raining and it's miserable for everyone. Yeah. Um, and it's been interesting, even um, as I've had people reach out to me and, and you know, some of them um, a, a little higher up on the food chain who are, who are still working. And um, it, it, it is interesting to, to just kind of, feel the the hurt <laughs> in there yeah. and these are these are through texts and through email but it's kind of the pain that is mm-hmm. is felt on there and 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 i think in many ways i would much rather be in this position than to be in this position where you're trying to reach out and tell people that you care this wasn't the way this year was supposed to turn out yeah. This, this, yeah. this was really not the way this year was supposed to be. You know, this yeah. year was going to be the year that we took things a step further, that we grew, that we had, you know, we never actually got our business objectives. <laughs> Do you think we'll get yeah. those down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not going to have too much to review us on come the end of the year. That's for sure. It's like, if you're here, you win. <laughs> yeah. By the way, no raises, just so you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but is it you do hit on something that occurred to me the other day though Steve we, we could run this way for just a second here you know at the start of 2020 you know put our hats back on and remember mm-hmm. 900 months ago when it was the start of the year right because we've lived in eternity between then and now uh, but at the start of the year I know Facebook LinkedIn everything of course the year being 2020 2020 vision so it was very much this high energy kind of goal casting, I'll call it, you know, projecting yeah. their goals. And yeah, this is a year of vision and clarity. This is a year I'm going to hone in and focus. And I, I know for myself, uh, I'm not big on New Year's resolution, but I made some myself that, yeah, this is, this is an area I want to fine tune this year and so on. And then here we are this far in, the year's half over for all practical purposes, and it's like, my gosh, where where are all these wonderful goal castings now? <laughs> you know, where are all these people that, hey, I made it. Look at me. You know, it's like one of those uh, Pinterest fails <laughs> this year is. You know, <laughs> and uh, what what I was reflecting on though, and I, I I did do a little post on LinkedIn, and and I I think like one person saw it or acknowledged it, and that's okay. Uh, but what my question was. Or, or my comment, my observation was, we alone cannot project this grandiose vision. I mean, we do see it, we pursue it, and I'd encourage people to do that. But at the same time, we are so interdependent, not only on one another, but also on quote-unquote circumstances. And so I was just sort of reflecting on the fact how much you know, hey, keep a positive attitude really doesn't get you too far other than you're keeping a positive attitude. You know, we can't we can't wish or will things to happen, or at least it doesn't seem that way in my world. And uh, so it, it's just kind of interesting where I think, I would assume it's been a very humbling year for very many of us. Yeah, so. and you know, it's, it's very interesting because you talk about... Um, uh, you know, this 2020 vision. And it, as, as you're talking about that, it, it made me think about, um, well, maybe we are getting a little clarity this year. Maybe this year is teaching us. <laughs> um, and <laughs> it's it, it, when your vision clears up, you don't get to decide what you're seeing. 
you don't mm. get to decide what the truth is that is going to be presented to you when things clear up. Mm-hmm. You're going to see things as they are, not as you want them to be. And and I feel like maybe 2020, if that's something we're going to get from it. And my my cousin who described 2020 this way, and you might have to now put a disclaimer on this podcast when I quote her, but she says, she summed it up very well. She said, 2020 sucks donkey balls. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, as bad as 2020 may may be, you know, I think about um, I, I was watching this podcast with Joe Rogan and Kevin Hart, and um, Kevin Hart was talking about his um, accident, and he had an accident I think just about a year and a half ago. Uh, it was very mm, yeah. serious. It was life threatening, and not just life threatening, but lifestyle threatening. It was. There was, there was a possibility that he may not have the same mobility ever again. And, right. you know, he was talking about that experience and he says, you know, what it taught him is you think you're in control. Yes. You think you control the world around you. And then life says you control nothing. You have no yeah. control. And, and that's a difficult realization to come to. But in the end, I think if 2020's taught us anything, is there is nobody who is in control. Not that we are just all running around with our, like chickens with our heads cut off, and not that we need to not, you know, do our best to try and make the most with what we have. Mm-hmm. But in the end, what's going to happen is going to happen. You know, I didn't start this, and, and, and even I look at like my my efforts, and this is something that I've thought about many times, is like all the efforts I put in to doing things at the beginning of the year with this idea, I really want to make um, a pathway for myself to move up in this organization. You mm-hmm. know, this, this career path and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. There's no way I would have thought in a few months, I'll be looking for another job. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll yeah. get a letter. I'll get an email that says your job has been eliminated. It wouldn't have ever been anything that we would choose, but that we just don't control anything. Yeah. Well, and that, that lack of control really forces us as human beings <laughs> to kind of reprioritize things, I think, as well. Um, I, I know, um, you know, especially when I was young, uh, and, and certainly <laughs> I hope those that I work with now are not listening to this, but no, uh, when I was young, I was so driven and it was all about the career. Uh, but for, for me, I kind of had like a midlife crisis when I hit 30 because I hadn't accomplished what I wanted to career wise. And so I, I, for whatever reason, had that re- realization a little bit earlier than life that, that rather than have a midlife crisis later. Um, but, but it, 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 and, and, but from that time period on though, it's been a long journey to kind of rebuild and reconsider what has been a priority. So just possibly that's what we're going through. And so you go, go ahead and, and, uh, I do do have another question once you respond there. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, that we're, we're raised as kids with this idea. You can do anything you want. You can be. And, you know, just dream higher, work harder, and you will achieve. And, you know, there's a lot of people that dream hard and and work hard, and they don't achieve. And it's because we don't get to control the world around us. I mean, I even think about a few years ago, I was trying to become an attorney. I was doing law school um, with Concord Law, so it's an online law uh, program, and the American Bar Association does not um, acknowledge distance learning. I have no idea how they're going to handle it now that everything's distance learning. I'm <laughs> justifying saying that you can't get a law degree that way, but I'm sure they'll figure out a way because their goal is to limit as few people as possible uh, getting licenses. But um, California does allow you to do distance learning and they create a number of hoops that you have to jump through. Because there's this feeling like if you could just learn the law and pass the test, you would with turmoil to get there. But the reason I'm bringing this up is one of the hoops you have to jump through is you have to take a first-year bar exam. So basically, um, it is administered by the California State Bar. 
and after you've done your first year of law school, in order to continue an online program, you have to pass this bar exam that covers mm -hmm. the first year stuff. And it was interesting because uh, when I went into that room to take the test, there were probably four or maybe 500 people in this giant, giant conference center. Wow. And um, as you looked around, you saw people with so much hope, uh, people who you, these were not your typical law students. <laughs> these were not, I came from a, a rich white family and now I'm going on to law school. And I know these were people who drugged themselves up from the street, somehow got themselves a four-year degree, somehow, you know, um, uh, worked into getting, you know, starting this law program. And then when I, when I, when I got my results and, and luckily I passed, it also showed the pass rate only 25% mm. passed. Wow. And many of them were taking this for the second, third time because mm. the only way for them to move forward was to go through this hazing essentially that was required in talking to them, it wasn't that they didn't know the law. <laughs> and in fact, even if you, you get me on the, on a soapbox about this, the, the bar exam does not test your ability to be a good lawyer either. Um, because none of it is how you would actually practice law. If you, if you practice law by listening to a, a facts and then from what you knew in your head, you responded with a brief that you could write in, in an hour and then you build people for it you would be before the bar again for malpractice. So mm. it certainly doesn't test what people actually can do um, in the law, but it does restrict a lot of people who work extremely hard and who have the goal of helping their communities from being able to give in that way. And it just comes back again that, you know, we tell our kids, you can do anything, you can achieve anything. Right. But the truth is you can't, that yeah. we don't have that kind of control. There are a lot of other factors around us that are bigger than us, and you just, just can't beat them. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I, I, I think of the movie Zootopia. I don't know if you've seen that or not. But, yes, uh, many, many, It is many, a good many. show. <laughs> yeah. If you have yeah. children, you might have seen yeah. that. You might have it memorized. Yeah, well, there's there's kind of two sides to the Zootopia. There is the bunny that does want to and eventually can and does become a cop. Uh, but then I think of the uh, the little character that's in there, if, and you might remember the scene. Uh, I think he's like a mouse pretending to be an elephant so they could get the giant popsicle from the elephant ice cream stand. <laughs> and in, 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 in the end, he's still a mouse, even though he's pretending and dressed up to have the trunk and so <laughs> yes. on. And so I, I, I sort of feel that's the reality of life. There are those mm -hmm. that have the energy and effort and make it, and sometimes they succeed and oftentimes succeed. But then there's others that uh, have their own game and the way they play it, and they may accomplish some things, but it's not what they set out. So. Well, I think the lie that we tell with it is that we, we say that because we see somebody break through, that we say, see, anyone can do it. And yeah. we don't acknowledge all those others, all those mice that are trying to <laughs> trying to get yes. the, the benefits yes. of being an elephant. And, um, yes, and, YouTube can and be a YouTube don't. star because this kid is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, so yeah. now that we know how little we are in control, Steve, <laughs> the next question is kind of a crazy one. But so what's what's next? What what would you like to see kind of unfold or would you like to pursue? Because uh, well, I that, know that, yeah. you do have you do have some uh, unfinished education. We could call it that as far as pursuing mm -hmm. law. But uh, and then I do know in, you're doing contract work currently that's still in learning development. Uh, and then you've got some other possibilities. Some things have been kind of turning up on your radar quite early, fortunately. But uh, what, what, what do you yeah. see in front of you? Well, I think the biggest challenge I have right now is deciding <laughs> what path mm. I want to go down. It's not, like I, 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 it's not like I can look down these paths and say, well, I can be this or this or this. I don't know 
which paths have dead ends, you know, but at this point, there are many paths I could, I could, I could head down and some might, you know, not lead anywhere, but uh, you've, you fairly well summarized the main things that I'm, I'm considering. Um, I was, um, like I said, I, I had been uh, doing that online law school program. Um, of course, when I was doing that online law school program, I was working full time and I had a full time family and I did it uh, for about two and a half years. I have a four year program. And at that two and a half years, um, it put my mental health in a situation that was just not good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm and I'm the guy that lost his hair. You still have yours. So I still have incredible. it. I still have it. Yeah, maybe I grew some <laughs> back because of it. It it wasn't curly before then. If you see my hair now, it's really frizzy. <laughs> before then it was, you know. <laughs> there you go. But um, you know, uh, but I wasn't able to finish that. It was just, you know, more than I could emotionally handle. Um, with everything that was going on. So I've certainly had these thoughts of, is this a time that I could go back and finish that and, um, you know, put, put in that year and a half that's, that's left. Same note, I don't know if that's something at this point in my life that I'm capable of doing. Uh, the, other, the other thought is um, I love learning and development and I am doing some contract work right now. So a very natural thing is for me just to try and build that out, try and get some more clients, um, maybe build, especially as I look at, there's so many people trying to, and organizations trying to go from a training environment that was mostly in person to something that is virtual. And, uh, yes. you know, that's something that you and I, Leonard, we, we have already been through and, and we can truly say we're experts in that area. That if any did, to make that transition, um, either you or I, and you're also available <laughs> during this time, um, uh, Upwards Unlimited, right? Yeah. Uh, reach out to them. Um, there you go. Uh, would be in a great position uh, to help out there. So that that's one of the the areas I'm looking is is in that consulting um, training world. And then um, I've seen some really interesting job opportunities uh, come up on on LinkedIn. I've, I find that I, I definitely put in a lot more applications than I get any kind of response <laughs> back yes. on. And I think that that's pretty, pretty standard. I think that's normal um, when you're looking for a job that realizing you might put out 10 applications and, and get nothing <laughs> or yeah. 20 yeah. and get five, you know, you, you it, it's, it's a, a little bit of a, a guessing game as to what you might get back, but I'm certainly just keeping all my options open right yeah. now and, well, you, and, and, I, yeah. and and investigating what it would take, what I need to do if I really want to go fully independent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, not that I'm pushing you any one direction, but you mentioned the virtual learning and without question, you, you and I are fortunate to be way ahead of the curve. We, we were around, <laughs> when Zoom was a very small company, I would imagine. I never even we, heard of Zoom until about a year ago, I think. <laughs> yeah, because you know, you, you've been in the virtual space for a, right a little over two years, and I've, through development and facilitation, have been in it for four, basically. And so that's, I, I know there's folks with more tenure than that out there, but there's not a lot of us at this point, especially when you uh, see some of the catastrophes or hear some of the things that would happen online. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, it's so, kind of one of know. those things that it doesn't matter if they have more tenure because um, whatever they learned 10 years ago has very little relevance today, you know, from a software yeah. perspective. Um, and I think yeah. the other thing that um, is has, makes us unique is as you're, if, if anyone has ever been through this situation, we're trying to take uh, in-person training and move it into um, a virtual world. There are a lot of growing pains that go with that. Uh, I mean, people understand now because of COVID-19, but there are, there are many growing pains. People, uh, participants often are not really open to this idea. They think they're getting the cheaper version, mm -hmm. uh, that it's being dumbed down for them or that, you know, or that they don't even need to participate, that they just can have it running in the background because there's no accountability to it. And what we've had the opportunity to do over the last couple of years is really 
bridge the gap between the satisfaction level that people got when they went to an in-person training opposed to a virtual training and make that difference almost disappear. That, um, you know, we've learned how to make those interactive. We've learned how to make, how to, how to make a connection, which, um, that was difficult to do. I remember the first time I did a virtual training and, uh, <laughs> turned it on and I started talking. I'm like, Oh my goodness, I'm talking to a wall. Like it doesn't, Cause you can't see the people on the other side and it takes a while to learn how to get that, how to get that feedback loop going where you can tell whether or not they're listening, where you can, and then there are a lot of tools out there to help you with that. But, um, you know, not to make this into one giant commercial <laughs> or anything, but if anybody listening to this is, is having those growing pains, I mean, just reach out to us. We can tell you how to, how to, how to do this with a lot less pain yeah. um, and, and how to make it something that's exciting and I, I really enjoy working and, and training in that virtual world. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's been neat. I've, I've, there have been a few folks reach out through LinkedIn and, uh, whatnot, mm-hmm. but, uh, since we're doing a promotion or commercial, uh, we are at <laughs> the email address furloughed mailbox at gmail.com furloughed mailbox at gmail.com. And then you mentioned, I want to go back to the fact too, you mentioned about the number of applications being sent out and hearing nothing in return and whatnot. I I know I spoke with a a, a mutual friend the other day and he was sharing with me, oh, I forget the exact number he gave me, but in sincerity, it was, you know, a a big number. Uh, I don't remember if it was over a hundred or where it was, but he had put out a lot of applications and out of all of those applications, I want to say that he had like three follow-up responses Mm -hmm. and only like one interview out of them. And so I, I think we're again, because of the situation we're in the number of available people in the workforce, um, there's no question it's going to be kind of competitive for a while. And well, so and um, having been on the other side of it, on the HR end, mm-hmm. you really never know why that was ever posted. Sometimes, and in a lot of organizations, they've already got somebody in mind before mm-hmm. that gets posted. But their their policy is that they, they post it publicly so they can say they've done their due diligence. And, um, and you don't know what you're up against. But conversely, there are times you're not up against much at all. <laughs> and yeah. I've seen people get positions they didn't think that they would be, you know, even considered for because they put in the application and we didn't have somebody in mind. And we didn't have a lot of people who who had a, exactly the, the level of, of, you know, experience that that was requested. So, you know, it's an interesting time. It's a scary time. It's a reason why I worked for 18 years at the last company I was at. And then two years at this one with, without any break, I would have gone another 18, I think had, um, you know, the situation been available or possible because I don't really like this uncertainty. I don't like looking, I like waking up in the morning knowing what I'm going to do for my work that day and, (laughs) you know, getting in and getting it done and not thinking about where I find the next job. Yeah. Well, I know from my past experience, no matter how excited I am about starting a new job, I always hate being the new guy. I mean, it's just yeah. uncomfortable. And I, I guess, Anxiety you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, of course, Britt Andriana kind of hit on that as she talked about us wired to resist her book and all that, you know, it, it is we are generally genuinely and genuinely not uh, comfortable when we're in new circumstances. And so as we forge ahead, um, our podcast is not going away. We had intended to continue it regardless of circumstance. Mm -hmm. So it won't end in another 90 days since it's been continued on my side. And uh, you will not be leaving just because you're no longer on furlough. Um, Mm -hmm. You're, you're, I guess it's technically called laid off. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue and, and we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> Didn't your, your son-in-law suggest that now that I was no longer furloughed, we should change the name? 
yes, to, yes, to fire. yes, we, <laughs> yes, we did. We did have one vote that we changed the name of the podcast from furloughed to fired. And, uh, we, we will re we will leave the name as is. Thank you very much. But yes, that, of course, that's the other, in my household. <laughs> the other possibility is that we, you know, do a hybrid of the two. We call it yes. for fired. <laughs> oh, well, and humor helps folks, just in case you don't realize humor helps. So Steve, uh, we're, we've still got some time left, but we are kind of wind, winding down. So I, I wanted to give you a chance because you, you are the one that's looking off to the horizon. I know you've got a week or so left and I, I don't even know, did you get an explicit end date? Has that been communicated to you? It might have by now, but it wasn't initially. I'll have to check my, um, you know, my documents in the kind of like the employee portal. Uh, yeah that that didn't exist just yet so no okay. i don't have an, an exact end date and really because i'm not working it would be when when is my insurance ending <laughs> that's the yes. only thing that matters that's right the now. real question yeah is, yeah is, uh when my insurance is ending um and yeah. figuring that portion out and in fact if there's any major uncertainty and if there's part of it that causes the most anxiety and i think this is similar for a lot of people U.S. because we don't really have any good to catch young people or younger people because <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not old enough for, you know, Medicare or something like that. There's not a social net there to help catch you um, when it mm -hmm. comes to insurance. You need to find a way to pay for it or you just don't have it. And, uh, right. you know, so of course there are um, the exchange uh, plans on you know, um, healthcare.gov that we can look at, <laughs> uh, but uh, those can be very expensive as well. So that yeah. that's definitely one of those areas where I, I wouldn't be offended at all if, if that can be held out as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can tell you from Cobra is not cheap. You, you're gonna have not. to you're gonna have to double up on your contracting work if you're gonna keep Cobra. That's for doggone sure. Yeah, well, so. and that's where it comes into that that question: Do you take a chance? You know, do because mm -hmm. it also is not uh, beneficial for me to put the money that I might need to get a business started into healthcare that hopefully I don't need. On the same note. If I did need it, <laughs> then, you know, of course, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's one of those questions that is, is, is difficult to answer. Yeah. Yeah. And if our crystal balls worked a little bit better, we'd probably have navigated through this a lot easier up till now. <laughs> yes. So moving forward, I just don't see it getting any easier either. <laughs> I would have bought a lot of masks and I would be wealthy from selling those during the... <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. I think those guys got into trouble, but anyhow. <laughs> well, as long as you don't go to like $100 a mask. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll stay away from eBay and all of that. Um, <laughs> so let, let me, uh, let me give you opportunity though, if you would. Uh, and, and I did ask you about this ahead of time to give you a little bit of chance to think about it, but, uh, the elevator pitch. So, uh, just for the fun of it, since we have the platform and you, uh, really it's something you're going to need to hone yourself anyhow. Uh, so if you would, just, just give me, say, a, a couple minute elevator pits then as to why someone would want to or should hire Stephen Otterstrom, if you would. Oh, my goodness. See, this is, this is why I stay places for a long time, <laughs> <laughs> is I hate the elevator pitch. I hate having to come in and be like, this is why I am the best candidate. Because I'm always thinking, well, I might not be the best candidate. Have you looked at all of them already? Because <laughs> there's probably some good ones in there. Statistically speaking, I'm probably not the best candidate. <laughs> You've got 100 applications out there. It just doesn't help you. It doesn't help you uh, get that job. But, I mean, I guess the, the main thing and, and, and what what I'm looking for and and, and it, and can bring, especially from a training and a, and a development 
perspective. You know, one of the things when I when I've taught like a train the trainer course is I say, if you want to be a great trainer, you have to know what you do well. And then you have to just exploit that and exploit that. You know, don't try and train like somebody else does. Find your own style. Find your own way of connecting to people. And, uh, find, you know, be, be aware of your strengths. And when it comes to the training world, one of the things that I can do, and I can do better uh, than most people in the training world, is that I can build a connection with a group and I can mm-hmm. use that connection to really not only knowledge, but transfer behaviors. And that's really one of the, the things that makes training so difficult is that when you, when you bring people in, you're generally not trying to, to give them knowledge. I mean, you are, but your end goal is to try and change a behavior. You want them to act differently, to do something differently after they leave. And um, something that I learned years ago uh, when I was working actually as a, um, a CPR instructor and I had taught a CPR class, I'd certified everybody. And then two weeks later, um, I came into work. We're like, wow, did you hear what happened? And I said, what happened? One of our housekeepers was out um, taking the towels, you know, changing the towels out by the pool and a man collapsed and she ran Mm. over to him. He wasn't breathing and she immediately started doing chest compressions and he came back. Mm. He lived. Wow. And it, it dawned on me that I had been training from a perspective of keep it fun, keep it exciting Make sure everyone likes you at the end because that's all that matters when you're a trainer, right? (laughs) Make sure everybody likes you. And obviously it had been effective, but it hadn't really, I hadn't made the connection that what I was doing was potentially saving lives. And Mm -hmm. I redid the way I taught that training from then on. You know, I put in a lot of other aspects to make sure that people would remember. And um, I I spoke with a a really good friend of mine who um, was uh, a loss prevention manager at at, at one of the hotels I worked at. And um, this was this was probably about three years later. He said that he was um, in the lobby of their hotel. And again, a man collapsed, full on cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. And he said, and the, I thought of you, I thought of what you taught me. I thought of the memory aids I thought of, and I knew what to do. And yeah. he said, and then after I was done, and unfortunately this was not a happy ending, uh, which often it's not in those circumstances. I think like the, the, the times when CPR is effective outside of a hospital setting where it actually uh, results in saving life is only about 7%. It's, it's mm. not, um, it, but you, you, the, that's much higher when done quickly, you know, acting yeah. fast is really the key. And, and one of the things that I had done in revamping that is really making sure that I said now, okay, we've got eight hours of content. Do they really need to know? What is it they cannot forget? What is it that they can look up later? You know, and it was bringing in tools like, um, uh, making sure they had the Red Cross uh, app on their phone so that they had the ability to um, uh, look and take quizzes later on. In fact, there's one, that's one thing that in the learning world that has been neurologically proven is that when they talk about learning styles and things like that, that's for the most part not real. <laughs> not that not everyone isn't, isn't unique, but what we've learned is that every process is unique. Some things need to be trained with one style and some things with another. But one thing that has been proven to um, create retention is quizzing, quizzing yourself over and over and over again. And putting that into uh, the training allowed it to become something that even if it had been a year later, they remembered. And he said, the thing that came to my mind was, if you forget everything else, pound on their chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, get the compressions going, and uh, it's been the difference between people freezing and action. Yeah, and uh, that experience, although you know that's the most 
I've been able to take that and put it into every other training that I've done and say, how are we going to change the world, so to speak? You know, maybe that's a little too yes. big, but, you know, from a customer service perspective, you're not training them so that they walk out going, boy, I love Steve. He was so much fun. The idea is that they walk out and they say, you know what? I'm going to make the world a better place because I'm going to help people get the products they need when they need them. And I'm going to make people feel good about their experience. You know, that really recognizing the power that exists in training makes me a much better trainer, makes me able to be much more effective. And it's yeah. not that, just that. I've had an opportunity to, to um, do the train the trainer programs and I've had the opportunity to make other trainers better as well. And, you know, you know, from being in, in the training world yourself that um, anytime you encounter another trainer, you steal a little of their essence and they take a little of yours and we become better. Um, right. And, and, and having the opportunity to work with other uh, learning experts and work with them to try and um, make their product a little better um, allows me to make my product a little better as well. And then the other thing that I, I would I would say is that um, I have had in my current position, I don't do this so much, but in my previous position, great success in improving employee engagement. You know, one mm -hmm. of the properties that I was at, we were one of the lowest in the regions. And um, I was tasked with making uh, or helping improve engagement. And it was done through a lot of hard work and a lot of communication and a lot of helping people communicate. And really, in the end, it was, you know, you, you go into any, any um, focus group with any organization, you ask what people need more of, the first thing they're going to write up is communication. We need more communication, not even better communication, just we need more communication. And uh, it's something everyone's calling for, but very few people uh, know how to help people make the connections that are necessary so that communication can actually happen to actually mm. break down the walls between one position and another and the culture barrier between one individual and another in order to actually create the, because people say they want communication, but what they really need more than anything is they need a relationship. Mm. And so taking a team who says they need communication and helping them build a relationship is something that I've been really good at doing in the past as well. So anyways, if anybody's listening to this, and again, um, it might just be my mom and dad, uh, in which case <laughs> I, I will, I'll, I will definitely weed the, the uh, carrot patch for, you know, a dollar an hour. Maybe they too. could increase your allowance. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Good deal. Right. <laughs> but um, I, well, I definitely would love to speak with anyone. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing, Steve. Some some good nuggets in there. Uh, a, a very long elevator ride, but I think we got the gist of what you're saying there. <laughs> We're going to the high floors, right? <laughs> yeah. The slow elevator going to a high floor. And uh, no, this good, you, good you, insights. You hit the button and they're like, now let me tell you about what I offer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's more the hostage elevator ride. There you, you go. You can't get off the elevator until you listen to what I have to say. There you go. Well, Steve, I, I appreciate you being so open and sharing as always. And uh, so we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up for this week. But uh, for the, for others of you that are out there listening, again, I know both what I'm going through and what Steve is going through is by no means unique. Um, I do see the light at the end of the tunnel so far as the pandemic, or at least I hope that we're seeing the end of it as things continue to open but there's still going to be fallout and we recognize that. And so hopefully you've picked up some good nuggets along the way from our previous podcast. We've talked a lot about mental health and even, even a few things here. And, uh, and just what I'd like to leave you uh, with an encouragement is Steve, just kind of in your quote unquote elevator speech, you were kind of giving uh, what I had thought of as you were speaking and you talked about the necessity of, of driving that learning home and making it stick in the actual application and how you actually got to see the fruit of that 
And I think regardless of what career field a person is in, we can learn from that that nugget right there. Um, Lou Russell, a friend of mine, she shared one time and she said, do you realize the work that we do is sacred? And I sort mm-hmm. of stepped back. She's in learning development. And I sort of stepped back and thought, sacred? What? You know, and I started <laughs> reflecting on it. And the work that we do as far as learning professionals has such an impact on the mm-hmm. quality of work that people do. And then, of course, if they're happy at work, they're happier at home, it tends to be. And so many of the things that we teach are transferable, not only at work, but to home as well. Mm-hmm. And so for any in our listening audience, you might not be a learning professional, but if we have the mindset that our work is sacred, the effort we put into it will make a difference in the way of the results of the work we do, that's what I'm trying to say. And we'll, we'll produce a better product, whether it's a widget or learning knowledge, uh, we'll produce something better. And to your point, Steve, just one by one, little by little, uh, we'll make the world just a little bit of a better place. So, Absolutely. That's a any great last, way of saying it. Any last thoughts yeah. from you before we wrap up, Steve? Well, I, I think just that that concept of of what we do is sacred deserves just a little bit more <laughs> um, thinking about managers and things that I've had in the past and uh, the opportunities I've had to work with different people. And you really do have an opportunity amongst your coworkers to change their lives. And as I am on the path that I'm leaving an amazing organization, mm-hmm. an amazing team with, you know, even, even as far as going outside of the individual team, the different properties that I got to go to and, and meet and work with, I think it's a really good sign when, when you leave, you're sad and you mm. miss them and you, you know, it's a really good sign that things went right that things worked out well, you know, it could be a situation where I'm like, yay, I'm moving on, but (laughs) it is a great time for me to just, to just say how lucky, how incredibly lucky I was. I mean, even our friendship, Leonard, that would have never happened. (laughs) And, and, you know, I can, I can honestly say that the friendship I have with you is, is, is the same friendship I have with other people on our team. And I haven't had that kind of depth of friendship um, in many other places that I've worked. I have had them before, for sure. I've definitely had some amazing friendships with people that I've worked with, but um, what an amazing experience it's been. And um, I know we don't usually mention the name of the place that we work because we're not endorsed by them or anything, but it, it I, I feel like they deserve a call out because they've been amazing and, <laughs> and I have loved working for Hilton and, um, and I do hope that uh, they, they come out of this and I'm sure they will, that they're right. going to come out stronger. I certainly am not selling my Hilton stock <laughs> that, that <laughs> yeah. I have every belief that this organization is going to just um, come out ahead and that your team uh, even though I'm not going to be on it and I'm going I'm to be missing it, I know wherever I go, it's unlikely that I'll ever live up to the same experience I had working there. Um, but, but no matter what, I get to take that with me. I get to take Absolutely. those experiences and those relationships, and uh, you're going to hear from me a lot. Yeah, and the memories. So, mm-hmm. awesome. Well, Steve... Uh, This is only goodbye for the podcast today. We will still be here. (laughs) Our friendship is not severed. You're not going away. I'm not going away. So just want to thank our listeners for being a part of our journey with us. And we're getting feedback. Uh, Some folks still reaching out through LinkedIn and whatnot. And again, just want to encourage you to use our mailbox that we have set up. Our Gmail account is furloughedmailbox at gmail.com. And just if you need a friend, if you want to talk about anything, or if you've got ideas for the show, love to hear from you. So drop us a note, and both Steve and I have access to that. Uh, If you're looking to hire someone, 
Steve is right there. He can answer those emails <laughs> as well. So won't, won't deny that. So in closing, just want to uh, wish you all well in, in your journey. And we'll continue our journey next week. Uh, we'll, we'll share some more personal stories. And uh, so we kind of tried to focus a little bit on Steve and what immediately happened with him, with his circumstance. And uh, next week, we'll probably well focus a little more towards me and uh, my world. Uh, but nonetheless, look forward to talking to you again next week. And as always, a quick call out, Steve already mentioned, uh, this podcast is proudly sponsored by UpwardsUnlimited.com. That's Upwards, W-O-R-D-S, Unlimited.com, where they can assist you with conversations, which is that communication Steve was talking about earlier. They can assist you with connections, which is those ever-important relationships, and collaboration, we all understand that. And lastly, community. And the reason it's community is we all have a lot of buzz about culture, but culture can sometimes be toxic, but seldom do you find community that's toxic. It might exist, but it's seldom. Uh, but it's really those four together, conversations, connections, collaboration, community. With that, I'll say goodbye, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Yeah, 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 yeah.